Yo, it's Crypto Cali. It's Crypto Cali Nights. Thank you for tuning in. This is a podcast I do weekly. Market updates, current news, trends, cryptocurrency and blockchain culture. I push it to the limit. If this is your first time hearing me, obviously you've come across something Crypto Cali-like. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm just going to basically welcome back everybody. Uh, Last episode was just the top 10 picks of the month. Kind of want to throw out these different segments. I don't want to just come with news all the time. So just like I said, this one will be kind of a little mixture too. Check that podcast out. It was the top 10 picks of the month. Uh, not, Not financial advice, but I give you 10 solid projects to look into. Stuff that was extremely down on their all-time high, 80%, you know, down from all-time highs on majority of those coins or higher. So, and these are all promising projects. If you're in the cryptocurrency, you'll probably recognize every name, but you'll probably you probably won't realize how uh, much of a sale it's been on these. So, not financial advice, but check them out. So since the last time we talked, Bitcoin saw 5,800. It broke 6,000. A lot of people um, didn't really think it would do it. Some people claim it would go to 4,500. Some people said it was going back to 1,000. A lot of people that don't know crypto or Bitcoin said it's dying. It's going to zero, right? Bitcoin's died, what, 400 times? Something like that? I don't know. But... A correction is a death in, in crypto. So, you know, just just do your own research and you won't have to worry about it. But we did see 5,800 bounce right back up to about 6,400 within hours after it reaching 5,800. Probably a lot of buy orders that haven't been uh, triggered in a long time. Because when was the last time it saw 5,800? So people bought up, bought the dip. We saw 6,400, and then we headed up to today's date, July 9th, 2018. We're looking at $6,735, which actually went to 2,800 earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. And even though people were claiming Bitcoin was dying, other people like the CEO of BitMEX, which of course he would be bullish on the price, actually claims he thinks Bitcoin will move to 50,000 by the end of 2018. Now, the host of CNBC Africa's Crypto Trader, I forget how to say his name, it's like Rand Nunair. Um, he was claiming right when it uh, dropped to 5,800 that Bitcoin would hit 5,000 and, and, and dump even lower. And he's putting this out on Twitter and all his social media outlets. And you can call it FUD or whatever. But it's just his opinion. I mean, the other guy, BitMEX CEO, he's claiming it's going to 50000 by the end of the year. So it's just a contrast of opinions, and that's just cryptocurrency. And just in this week, we had news from Circle, uh, Andreessen Horowitz, $300 billion fund for cryptocurrency investments. And I hate using 
and I hate uh, calling it institutional money, but I don't know any other way to label it. We're just meaning larger amounts of buy orders. I mean, I don't have 30 to $300 million to $3 billion to invest in IOTA or Cardano or EOS, EOS, whatever. But these big banks do, these big investment funds, these big investment firms, they have the money, they're ready to do it, but the market's not ready for them, at least in their eyes. So we sit and wait, but along the way, foundations being laid and some type of regulations on the way. All this back and forth with news, price action doesn't bother me really because I learned about how the institutions work and how big bankers and how the big stockbrokers and the people that 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 squeeze out the, the small fry, you know, this is how they do it. They do it through market manipulation, FUD in the news, just anything to squeeze out the, the person that is a newbie or a small small bag holder or just someone that just has majority of his personal skin in the game um, you know they know that you have a lot more to lose and they know if they can collect a lot of the weak hands they'll profit you know they have no there's no rush in them to get in they have money the rush comes from the retail buyers they have money to get in of course they want to make more money but they're in the business of not losing money. So everybody just needs to sit and wait. If someone just told me all I had to do was wait, study and be ready, put in money, it's not really that hard. It's inevitable. So if you really believe in the space, just think like a, a big bank. You, you might not have the $300 billion, but you have the knowledge. You have the same amount of access to knowledge that they do. So, you know, don't let it go to waste, at least this time. And just to give you some perspective, um, there's a quote that says, basically in 2013 to 2015, we went from $1,200 of Bitcoin to $200 of Bitcoin. And then in 2015 to 2017, we went from $200 of Bitcoin to $20,000 of Bitcoin. So we've done these short moves before. I think the time span is going to shorten because you have more people involved in the market who have invested capital and resources to trade this asset class. So just think about it. Within those time spans, Bitcoin corrected. Not only did it correct back to even extreme lows, lows, it spiked back up and went past its all-time highs. 100x or more so you can't look at it as it dying if you have factual evidence of the past can't predict the future but at least gives you a basis to stand on in your mind you know this thing is ready to take off at some point where are you going to be on the rocket ship to the moon And what team are you riding for? You know, is it 10, 20, 30 in your portfolio? Are you only a Bitcoin and Ether guy? 
do you only hollow Bitcoin? Like, what's your plan? These institutions have plans. They're, they're paying people that are knowledgeable in the space to give them advice. And they're going to put it up. So my whole goal is just to be right there ready. I feel like I could sit in one of those boardrooms. I might not be able to give you the exact technical breakdown of these blockchains and all these different logarithms and how they work. But I could tell you how humans work and tell you what they do inefficiently. And that is literally learn by example. Humans are some of the worst at learning from others' mistakes. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna look at price action, I'm just thinking from 2013 to 2015, that two-year span where it went from twelve hundred to two hundred dollars, how many people sold Bitcoin because they went to two hundred dollars when they just held twelve hundred of Bitcoin? That was a mistake. A huge one. Then Remember, it went back up, but then it dipped again in 2015 to 2017. Another mistake, people sold. Why did they sell? Who knows? And then here we are again, when we went from $200 all the way up to 20K. And we're correcting. And again, what are people doing? They're selling. I wasn't around in 2013, 2015 buying Bitcoin. Neither was I in 2015 and 16. But when I learned about Bitcoin, I went and looked at the past and it showed me, oh wow, this thing keeps growing, but it does correct. Oh wow, it keeps growing, but it does correct. People sold. Look at these tweets people were putting out. Look at these Facebook posts. People were mad because they were losing money that they invested in something that they knew they were going to make money out of. But in turn, they lost money in a market they know how it works and were disappointed. And so, this market will eat you alive if you try to be its friend. I'm not friends with any cryptos. I don't love any of these projects. I'm not in love with any of these projects. I look at them as vehicles and investment opportunities. I love the tech, but I'm not married to them just to keep my sanity. Once I'm able to become, um, as you could say, comfortable in my finances, maybe I might gravitate towards a couple cryptos, but I'd have to be working alongside or doing something that helps the, uh, the economy or the network, like mining or something. That'd be the only way I would really fall in love, as you could say, with a crypto. After I'm comfortably financially stable and I'm mining or doing something of the sort, dealing with that coin. That's the only time I'll be somewhat in love or emotionally invested. And just showing you that even though ICOs um, get a bad rap, it says a joint report from Price Waterhouse Coopers and the Swiss Crypto Valley Association shows that ICO volume for 2018 has already doubled that of 2017. So the ICO volume coming in has already doubled and we're halfway through the year officially. Um, we just had 4th of July out here in America. 
anybody listening overseas. But we just had a Fourth of July. This is the middle of the year, obviously, and we have double the ICO volume coming in versus all of last year. It says in total, 537 ICOs with a total volume of more than 13.7 billion have been registered since the beginning of the year. In comparison, 2017, there were a total of 552 ICOs with a volume of over just 7 billion. Also, the average size of an ICO has almost doubled from 12.8 million to over 25.5 million since last year. So you can remember uh, Telegram's ICO, which had had some controversy around it, but raised 1.7 billion. And then EOS, which was a year long ICO. Everybody knows the EOS debacle. Not going to get on that anytime on this podcast, but they're still going through problems. That was 4.1 billion. So you can see the massive amount of money that can be generated through ICO and it's still happening. Even with the the way the media is portraying ICOs and the loss of capital and the scams and all the bad things associated with it. Yeah, but with all that being said, Bitcoin to me personally looks strong and stable. Looks like at any time we could head up. 7,000, 8,000, 9, 10, 15, 20. It doesn't matter. I really feel like regardless of even if we dip soon, it'll be temporary. And we're going to head up to 10K pretty soon. And in crypto terms, that could be whenever. That could be a month from now, six months from now. Who knows? I'm not in no rush to get rich. And I'd rather be rich with knowledge because then I always am rich. So everybody sit tight. All right. We'll be there shortly. So... I just want to give you some quick news clips. This is basically over the past maybe three days. Not going to go too in-depth into these, but um, just summarizing basically what's going on in the crypto market. Um, today, July 9th, actually there was a hack from token platform Bancor. They were hacked for $13.5 million in crypto. Um, the exchange was able to stop or at least freeze the assets. So they were, uh, they were able to freeze BNT tokens, um, which, which was the crypto that was stolen. Um, they basically called it a security breach, lost millions of dollars, said that no user wallets were compromised. Um, they said they moved to maintenance and we'll be releasing a more detailed report shortly. So we'll just wait on that. But basically... The head of communications uh, told Coindesk that they were able to block the transfer of estimated 2.5 billion or sorry, 2.5 million BNT tokens worth an additional 10 million. It wasn't able to do so approximately 25,000 ETH worth about 12.5 million and as well as almost 230 million in NPXS tokens worth roughly 1 million. All total, the company lost roughly 13.5 million in hack. So they were able to freeze 2.5 million of the BNT tokens, so they lost about 11 million. So that's just showing you hacking will always be there. It's not going anywhere. This one was interesting. YouTube is accused of negligence in the BitConnect fraud lawsuit. 
So if you've been around crypto since last year, you might know about BitConnect. It was the obvious Ponzi scheme, uh, pyramid scheme, crypto, where you buy BCC tokens, you exchange them, and you get back a certain amount over a certain amount of time. Basically, it was a pyramid scheme. It finally got busted earlier this year. Uh, but they're in their lawsuit, uh, the lawsuit is accusing YouTube of negligence. So the drama around that is still continuing. Uh, BitConnect, you know, they're taking people down with them. Uh, Binance taps Unido, Goodwill ambassador, to lead charity effort. Binance announced today that it has appointed Helen High as a new head of charity foundation. So that's what Binance is trying to be. Binance is trying to be a bank. They're trying to be the first generation cryptocurrency bank. They have a charity foundation within the company. It's real. That dude CZ is real. UK Watchdog welcomes first crypto startups to regulatory sandbox. The UK's financial regulatory regulator is allowing startups focused on blockchain and crypto assets into its regulatory sandbox for the first time. So United Kingdom is opening their arms now. People are slowly waking up. They're slowly accepting what is inevitably the bank's demise. And that's crypto blockchain, right? Next, metals exchange forms blockchain group to modernize minerals industry. So a Switzerland-based trading platform for metal concentrates is forming a blockchain consortium to streamline mineral industry supply chains. Sounds interesting. <clears throat> All right, the world's largest bank eyes faster asset exchange with blockchain. ICBC, China's big four state-owned commercial banks is seeking to patent a blockchain system to better execute financial asset transactions. It's like every day this news just keeps going, right? It just keeps getting better. So don't think that this isn't going to zero or this is going to zero. Don't think that your investments are going to tank unless you have obvious shit coins. If you don't, just hodl. And believe. Another big event was South Korea starts classification system on recognizing crypto exchanges as an industry. So it says here, the South Korean government has announced that the started an industrial classification system that covers blockchain related industries. According to Korean, Korean media outlet, the B chain is the first time it's the first time that government has actually recognized crypto exchanges as an industry. In the announcement, crypto exchanges described as asset exchange and brokerage blockchain platforms such as Ethereum, EOS, and NEO are classified by the government as blockchain-based system, software development, and supply businesses. The B-Chain reports that the National Statistical Office, the Ministry of Science and Technology, and the Ministry of Information and Communication decided to start the blockchain industrial classification system at the end of June. According to an official South Korean government, Plans to release the classification system later this month, but it's difficult to talk about details. Opinions of over more than 160 institutions are collected before the release that is expected by the end of July. So that's this month, right? The blockchain classification system will be divided in several subdivisions. One subdivision, for example, is blockchain-based system software development and supply. 
In this category, the government will classify blockchain platforms just such as Ethereum, EOS, and NEO. Activities on these platforms such as Solidity and Hyperledger are reviewed as well. So only reason I mentioned this article was is, is because South Korea is one of the first movers on crypto. They're the first country to embrace it. They're the first country to actually set somewhat of a standard for crypto. Um, they have the highest volume on average out of their exchanges. Um, everyone from the millennial based age group to even younger all the way up to the uh, older um, population are at least know what cryptocurrency is use it invest or at least embrace it let alone um, they know about it basically so compared to our country where not even you know most of your friends know about it in any age group it doesn't even matter they might have heard of bitcoin but they all hear anything bad they don't know anything about it so in south korea it's totally different night and day it's everyone knows about it they at least deal with it on a daily basis or they know something about it or they use it and invest in it so south korea is basically going to kind of be the uh not the measuring stick but it'll kind of be the template for america and what they want to do with their regulations so basically the whole world's watching South Korea to at least get some type of standard to where we can move towards. And then everybody's really going to follow the U.S. once we announce that we are embracing crypto and it's regulated here. And the last two pieces of news, the CBOE Global Markets files new Bitcoin ETF license application with the SEC and the co-founder of Google says he just started mining Ethereum with his 10-year-old son. So first, CBOE, as you know, are the market producers of the futures contracts that the <clears throat> that we were dealing with over the last nine months. Futures, I'm not too familiar with the logistics on how they work, but I know they have to deal with betting on if the price will rise or fall and predicting the future. So CBOE, now they've applied for an ETF. Now ETFs have been applied for countless times from other companies and even CBOE has applied for them before and they've been rejected. ETFs ex exchange traded funds. This will allow people to invest in the cryptocurrency without actually being immersed so much in the market. You'll be able to almost invest in it like a uh, mutual fund, as you could say. ETFs will be something that you could passively invest in, something that a broker would offer a new married couple or a broker might offer a new retiree to add to their portfolio when they're investing in their stocks or their retirement or whatever. It will become a standard and it will become something that will be thrown in a package of, to diversify your portfolio. So if you can imagine that if percentages of all portfolios in stock brokerages Start, start to use ETFs that pull liquidity from these different uh, cryptocurrency projects, the market cap will soar just off of small percentages going in. Over time, it'll build up, and then that's where we, we, we get our uh, $100,000 Bitcoin, 200 and so on. So I think this is big. doesn't mean it's getting accepted, but the application is you have to apply to get accepted so we'll just start there and see what happens and then 
the co-founder of Google is starting to mine Ethereum with with his 10 year old son. Uh, Sergey Brin, the president of Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., appeared on the panel on emerging technologies at the ongoing blockchain summit in Morocco. At his last minute surprise appearance at the summit, Brin revealed that he is mining Ethereum with his 10 year old son. He also stated that the concept of zero knowledge proofs is really mind boggling. So zero knowledge proof is a cryptography principle which enables to, which enables to prove something without actual, actuality revealing the knowledge. So this technology is utilized by cryptocurrencies such as Zcash to enable privacy features where users can conceal the transaction amount and information while still securing the network on a public ledger. So this is perfect for big enterprises. This is huge for companies like Google. And that's why he's so fascinated and interested. The panel also consisted of Elizabeth Stark, co-founder and CEO of Lightning Labs, and Niha Narula, director of Digital Currency Initiative at MIT Media Lab. Elizabeth Stark spoke about the Lightning Network and security of centralized exchanges. She said Lightning enables people to transact at a high volume using underlining blockchain security. She said, this is really powerful. I've really never seen or sorry, sorry, I've, I've really never been more excited about the future and the potential of what we're building, building up the core technologies to bring them to the world. So Google, as we know, I'm sure they've been hearing about Theorem. They actually offered to interview Vitalik or talk to Vitalik. They they joked at offering him a job like through Twitter or something or someone sent him an email and it got posted online or something, but Google's been interested in cryptocurrency. I'm sure they've been seeing it all over their their ads and everything. So um, some of the brightest minds work at Google. So you got to imagine that anybody working at Google has heard of cryptocurrency and blockchain, probably have built a blockchain themselves. If they still work for Google or they're probably leaving Google to go build a blockchain. So Google is just acting like it's small time with it but i'm pretty sure they have a whole development team underground mining every single crypto you can think of that is worth something and trying to figure out the nitty-gritty of all of it so google getting in on it um the co-founder sergey brin he's mining ethereum with his 10 year old son basically trying to make it seem like it's what everybody could and should do right and i agree so, that being said, this is Crypto Cali, this is Crypto Cali Nights. I will be coming back soon with another podcast. I'm sorry for the for the length between the last. Remember, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I will be getting on the YouTube. I got the ITTV episodes. I'm trying to be everywhere, guys. So, please stay in tuned in. Remember, hollow. Do your own research. Make sure your research makes sense, right? Don't waste time researching stuff that, because there's so many cryptos out there. There's new ones popping up all the time. There's a lot of clickbait online. So just be cautious. Reference, back check people. Don't listen to nobody. Listen to your intuition, listen to your gut. Don't invest more money than than you're willing to lose. And remember, it's Crypto Cali Nights, peace.